You're listening to the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this podcast, we reflect on topics related to Islam and Muslims, those that are often ignored or misinterpreted. Open your mind to understand what unites us and become mates with Muslims. Experience discrimination, contemporary and relevant topics. Welcome back to another episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. As usual, I am Sana, your host, associate editor with Muslims Down Under, and today we're very lucky to be joined again by the lovely Bushra Nasser. Again, she's joining us from Queensland and she's taken the time to have this conversation with us today. So thank you, Bushra. Peace be upon you, and I hope you're well. Peace be upon you as well, Sana. Thanks for having me. Now, of course, in this series, we're looking at discussing those topics and having conversations around issues that are very common in today's society. And one of those, and hence this is the topic of our episode today, is whether Australian values clash with values that Australian Muslims may have. This is an important question because there is a common idea that people from different faiths and backgrounds and cultures don't contribute or integrate into Australian society. Specifically, when we look at mainstream media and we look at the research that is out there, there is a misconception that Aussie Muslims fail to integrate within Australian society. And the statistics show that because of this, Muslims are unfortunately continuing to experience higher levels of prejudice and discrimination. Yes, it's an ongoing issue. We hear about it every day and some of us unfortunately may have seen and experienced discrimination firsthand as well. But it seems to be an issue that isn't going away and as you said, there's significant research that shows that a lot of Australians still have negative feelings towards Muslims and these studies also show that there's this understanding that Muslims can't be real Australians but, you know, who gets to decide and what does it really mean to be an Australian and because there's all of these differing opinions that exist in our society I think it is important to not only discuss this topic but also actively play our part as Muslims down under to remove misconceptions that people still have. I am in complete agreement with you and I think some of those statistics are quite alarming given that such a large amount of Australian Muslims live within the Australian society. Now, of course, you've touched on, touched on integration, but what does integration mean and why is there this misunderstanding of a lack of integration that is then often used to vilify people that are different to us? Well, to start with, I think it's important to look at this from a historical perspective. Sociologists initially described the term integration through the concept of assimilation, that to become integrated into a society, you had to adopt the values and be part of the dominant culture of that society. But at the same time, um, there were other scholars who were of the opinion that immigrants could maintain their own ethnic identities through this integration process. And instead of foregoing their own cultural identity and values, they actually contributed to a new culture. And um, through this way of integrating, they were able to contribute to society, not only with their identities, but socially and economically as well. Basically, right from the start, you know, there's a big difference in the understanding of the actual meaning of integration and um, assimilation. And look, even today, we all know that assimilating and integrating are completely different, but we don't actually understand 
how they're completely different. And, you know, even when we started the research for this podcast, this was something that I learnt as we did the research and as we put everything together because, you know, when you look at the actual de- definitions, assimilation is defined as adopting the ways of another culture and fully becoming part of a different society. Whereas when you contrast this with integration, integration is typically defined as incorporating individuals from different groups into a society as equals. So you'll see that this is the difference. It's subtle, yet it's quite significant to this whole assimilation integration debate. And to make things a bit easier to understand, I think integration in like the most simplest and general sense, it's just the bringing together or the uniting of things so that there is a a blend into a functioning or a unified whole. And there's actually different views on how we can actually achieve um, or establish integration. If we look further into this literature, it actually identifies three common ways of integration. So we can have social integration, economic integration and the integration of one's identity. So for those newly arriving into a different society, it means that there's this expectation that they contribute to their new uh, place of residence and their surrounding society socially, economically and, you know, with their identity as an individual. Yes, and this term of social integration is the process of largely agreeing on this shared system of meaning, language, culture, and the like. So this doesn't mean there aren't any differences, but it's more that we kind of agree to live together and at least to an extent do these things in the same way so that we feel part of a larger community. Social integration doesn't mean forced assimilation, though. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is a key point that we need to understand when we talk about integration. And so I think the next question is, how do we remain a cohesive whole and avoid conflict when we each have our own individual identities? Well, that's the big money question, isn't it? I know for Muslims, Islam provides a very proactive approach to becoming a contributing member of society. There are more than 700 commandments in the Holy Quran for how one can establish and fulfill the rights of not only God, but for the whole of mankind. When God states that we must fulfill the rights owed to him, he's also stating that we can't claim to achieve those rights unless we also fulfill the rights owed towards his creation or mankind. And I think that's a very logical and easy sequence to follow. And these values are universal. They are for the whole of mankind, irrespective of any nation, any country, or even ethnicity. The universal values are for the whole of mankind. Now, things from looking after your young, your elders, your neighbours, and to fulfilling the rights of orphans and widows, I think we can all agree, these are universal values. Islam also promotes interreligious harmony and tolerance and provides clear guidelines that uphold the peace of society. And we hear this discussion and we hear everybody talking about this over and over, that we're striving for this universal peace and unity. Yes, and, you know, all these teachings that we hear about, they all emphasize that as humans, we are all equal and any differences we have, they only exist so that we can benefit from each other's good qualities. You know, can you imagine a world without diversity or where everyone is the same? 
If you think about it, when we start valuing individuals and groups free from prejudice and bias, we end up fostering a society, you know, that is based on equity and mutual respect. And, you know, it's a society where everyone is looking after each other and caring and everyone has synergy between each other. And if we just take a moment to stop and reflect on that, how beautiful indeed. And the important thing is that this is not just on an individual level. These teachings also value the contributions of societies and nations. And historically, we know that every nation has had some sort of positive or beneficial contribution that they have made towards the progress of humanity. For example, the Romans are well known for establishing political and social structures, whilst the Greeks are known for their contributions to the understandings of philosophy and ethics. And those from the Orient are well known for their scientific knowledge and contribution in the areas of maths and medicines. And it's no one person, no one individual that has led to this. Yeah, and you know, the construct of every civilization, it's been based on these qualities, these diverse contributions that they've all made. And because the teachings of Islam are universal, Islam then also provides a universal understanding of values. It doesn't monopolize or limit the doing of good for anyone. But we see that certain governments and members of the public, they it's almost as they fear a clash of civilizations and they believe that Muslims are a threat to their society and that they can't integrate into the, you know, Western world because there's this misunderstanding about what their values actually are. And this I'd say is as a result of this misunderstanding. I think it's very important to note here that just like every religion and every faith, there are unfortunately those people who falsely use the name of that religion to justify their own inappropriate, unjust and extremist actions. And it's very unfair to link such people and their acts to that of an entire faith or to make blanket statements that are blatantly false. Ultimately, the values that one brings forth into a society should be for the greater good. And because Islam is a universal religion, its values are compatible with the values of any country where a Muslim may be living. And this is so important to understand. That's true. And I think it is important to mention here that although there have been studies that show us a a negative perception of what Australians think about Muslims and their contributions to Australian society, there's also been studies that show that a majority of Australian Muslims not only identify themselves as Australian, but they also feel a sense of belonging to Australia. And, you know, if you think about it, they can only feel like they belong if they have actually integrated. Okay, but then how do we explain that? On the one hand, there's statistics that show there's discrimination against Muslims and this is because they supposedly don't integrate. But then on the other hand, Muslims consider themselves as integrating and contributing to society. So where exactly is the disconnect? Well, I think it just comes down to that lack of understanding that we've been discussing and understanding about what integration really means in a more practical sense. And, you know, we've discussed definitions and literal meanings of integration, but practically sometimes it is hard to put into context. So if we were to put it into context and, you know, just as an example, people might think that just because someone might not enjoy doing a particular activity 
or prefers to dress or speak a bit differently to someone else, they might think this is because of their lack of integration. But in reality, integration means being able to contribute to that bigger picture, to contribute to that unique blend of multiculturalism and cohesion that you know Australia is really well known for. So there's this um, there's often this confusion of assimilation and integration, but they both are two very different things as we've discussed. And integrating and contributing to a nation or society is not the same as assimilating with them. One shouldn't have to assimilate or adopt values or change their values to that of the host country. But to be considered as integrated within a society, they should in fact be able to contribute with their own values and ultimately, you know, enable the progress and better of their country. I couldn't have said it better myself. And when we talk about Australian values, of course, these values would stem from contributions that have been made to the nation's growth, to its progress and to its advancement. And Islam has been very proactive in this regard as well. It teaches people to get an education. In fact, to always be striving for a better education so that you can be a contributing member to the societal growth and progress of your country, to be able to contribute economically and not just through the education that you've received. But more so, it just encourages you to be the type of person that is able to contribute positively to society through your deeds and your actions. The founder of Islam, may the peace and blessings of God be upon him, has taught us that a person who is not grateful to other people cannot be grateful to God Almighty. So, a Muslim must also fulfill the rights of his fellow human beings. How can such a teaching, a teaching that is encouraging one to look out for your neighbours, to look out for your fellow human beings, to be there for people, to be a positive member of society, how can such a teaching be considered a threat? To Western society. Exactly. And the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, in fact, explains the exact definition of integration very clearly. And I'd like to quote him. He says, True integration is to love the country in which you live and to be completely loyal to it. Thus, all immigrants should be loyal to their adopted nation. They should truly love it. They should honour it. They should be law-abiding and work for its prosperity and progress. This is integration. And I think the same goes for this. How can a teaching that encourages loyalties, loyalty to one's nation be a teaching that's considered a threat to Western society? I have no idea if you ask me, but look, based on everything that we've discussed, if a fair-minded, intelligent and wise person were to actually look at both sides of the story and not just to base his or her assumption of Muslims and Islam upon something they've heard or something they've seen, they would realise that Muslims are actually highly integrated and contributing members of the society here in Australia. Yeah, and, you know, we know for a fact and we see it every day in our lives that Muslims, they're educating themselves, they're working at all levels of society, they're doctors, engineers, scientists, teachers. We see every day how they're contributing to Australia's prosperity. So I think it's important that we look at the facts before coming to any conclusions on this issue as well. Yes, that is extremely important. We must always be able to look at things fairly and objectively. And I think it's so important that we recognize that we are all part of one human race and we are more connected than ever before. 
We should be embracing our diversity and we should be focusing on establishing unity amongst all this diversity so that long-term peace can develop and we can all continue to prosper in this amazing, ever-changing world. Exactly. And no matter where our values come from, these values need to be able to provide us ways by which we can respect each other. And our values as human beings should be able to reflect that no matter where we come from. And that brings us to the end of this episode. We do hope that you have learned something new from this podcast and, you know, maybe it has clarified a question that you might have had or maybe you've gained some further clarity just around the topic generally. Um, but look, we understand that obviously with, uh, podcasts like this where we are discussing um, a lot of stuff in a short span of time. Sometimes maybe you actually now have a new question or there's something that you would like to know more about and that's what we love and we would actually love for you to ask us those questions so we can answer and you know we can continue to increase our knowledge. Um, if you do have a question, head over to our website which is www.muslimsdownunder.com. Ask away and we'll, be, um, we'll definitely get back to you with an answer. But if other social media channels are more your thing like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube. We're active across all of those as well. And you can find us at Muslims DWN under. And we also have a Telegram channel, which you can subscribe to, to stay up to date with our new editorials, our articles, any new blog posts, or even just to engage in um, discussion or you have a question and it's easier for you to just pop it in there. We'll definitely get back to you as well. So head over to Telegram. And again, you can find us at Muslims down under. I guess that brings us to a proper close on today's episode. Um, we'll definitely be having more discussions as we go through in this series, and we do hope that you'll join us in the next episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. Peace be upon you all.